This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com and join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. What's going on, everybody? We're back to what's going on, and we stop with the high. I like that. The high makes me nervous. What? High? Yeah. Because I'm so used to you being like, what's going on, everybody? That when you just go high, I'm like, oh, no, what's going to happen next? Well, I'm trying to keep you all on your toes. (laughs) Uh, I hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, Whatever day that might be that uh, is going on in your, your life. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Vile Files. I'm your host, Nick. My name is Nick. Nicholas. And I'm joined by my producer, Chrissy. How's it going, Chrissy? It's going good. How's it going with you? You know, it's fine. Life's pretty fine. Pretty fine. You know, ebbs and flows. Uh, we have a, a fun episode for you. I think it's probably a little different than most of our Wednesday episodes. Uh, my guest today is a, a dear friend, uh, Emma from comments by celebs if you uh probably many of you are familiar with that uh instagram account which is really now a brand it's hysterical it's funny if you don't follow it you should check it out um but uh we developed this very unique friendship over the form of voice notes and i thought it would be fun to talk about it because i think people are are looking for new ways to connect to different people and while emma is very much a platonic friend and we have developed this unique friendship there's value in that and i think sometimes we have to as we talk about on the vile files uh, whether it's ask nick or on, on some episodes be open to exploring new ways to connect with people yeah uh, sometimes we just get in our rut of doing the same thing over and over again and it's also a little bit of insight into you know my life day to day which i don't know if any of you give a shit about but <laughs> um you know, it's it's about a friendship that I have, and uh, hopefully, it is a launching pad for whatever world that you guys are are living in your lives to maybe you know try new things out, more intimacy in your friendships this way. Yeah, it seems like so. Uh, and then <laughs> we kind of give an example of what our friendship is based on by talking about some of the nonsense that. Emma and I often talk about and one of the topics that we shamelessly discuss via voice notes uh, in our friendship is the uh, behind the scenes of the call her daddy drama which is as you don't know is a very popular podcast also part of the people's choice nomination yes it is uh, I'd love to beat call her daddy yeah so uh, vote for the for people's us. choice so vote for <laughs> us if, if you want to I'd really appreciate it but like hey we appreciate just being nominated I guess also voting does end this week I hope you have been voting so please vote yeah. and, you know and, and it means a lot so if you have any interest in the call her daddy stuff uh, we talk about our fascination with it break it down and uh, I hope you guys enjoy that it's certainly different but we we had a lot of fun and excitement uh, talking about it and 
it's always just nice to talk to a friend and I hope that uh, it gives you guys some insight into my world. If again, if you give a shit, I don't know if they do. <laughs> uh, anything else that we're leaving out, Chrissy? I don't think so. Anything new going on with you, Nicholas, besides your voice note friendships? No? Not that I want to talk about. No? No. Anything new at the house? House is great. It's coming along. Uh, as I, I'm going to get a new TV today. My dining table is being delivered tomorrow. Ooh. Without the, the chairs, things are coming along slowly. I, I've, I've got blinds and, and, and curtains coming. Very excited Ooh, about blinds and you curtains. You talked to Michael about blinds. So. I, I got a guy. I don't know if it's the same guy, but I got a guy. It's a guy who's a friend of a, of a friend, and, yeah. and she hooked me up with her blind guy. Her blind I'm guy. super into blinds <laughs> and, and curtains, and I think it's going to really warm up the place. I got a combination of blinds and curtains. Well done. And um, it's really going to be a dream. You know, we haven't had a house update in a while, so it's good to know. Yeah, I'm really... Are you loving it? Yeah, no. Well, then I got some pool problems. Um, <laughs> but overall, well, you should get You fine. should get another pool boy. It looks like... The <laughs> Didn't you put a video of you there's like some, as a pool boy? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can clean the pool a little bit, but there's some um, some plumbing that we have to take a oh. look at, which is a little irritating, but uh, life is fine. Life is good. Just, you know, people's choice. We're just I know. obsessively. Obsessively. Um, it would be so cool. It. It'd be fine. You know what? I'd I'm be just, so happy I'm for just, you. I'm just, I don't care at all. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Not even a little bit you don't. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, people. We don't uh, remind you guys. And of all the things I remind you, we don't ask you to subscribe. And I hope mm. that you do. And I hope that you check out our uh, Ask Nick's on Monday, our Bratcher Recaps. I hope you've been enjoying tuning in. I know there's a ton of podcast options out there. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Yeah. Emma, thanks so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me. I kind of feel like this is a long time coming. It, it totally has. Um, to put it in some context for our audience, as I mentioned in our intro, uh, Emma is one of the two uh, people behind the um, very popular, um, is it just limited to Instagram account or just the yeah. brand comments by celebs? Yeah, we're trying to do a media company, so I, I say yeah. brand. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I followed as a fan before I got to uh, to meet Emma and, and Julie. And um, I went on their podcast. I think that's how we. I went on your podcast. And I honestly, I think it was something, I don't know if I reached out directly. I was like, hey, I'll be in New York. I know you guys have a podcast. I want to meet you guys. Or when was the first time we communicated? Yeah, that's what it was. You just DM'd me and were like, hey, kind of a long shot, but I'm going to be in New York. And we were like, oh, we'd love to have you. And that was a long time ago, though. It was probably almost a year. It was right when I started Vile Files. So, yeah, it was right. the beginning of 2019. And uh, then we met. We had like a fun, I don't know what we talked about on your podcast, out of good time. Um, and And then like I left. And somewhere along the line, and that what's interesting is like uh, Emma and Julie are very, um, you're very cautious about your anonymity, right? In terms of kind of developing your brand, which I always thought was really interesting and respected, but just there is, there is a method to the madness, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, I guess it's not anonymous because, you know, people know who we are, our names are out there, but we kind of just made a really conscious decision when we started this that like, 
we personally didn't want to have any fame. So, you know, our personal accounts are private. We don't do any sort of video stuff. Like it's just not the way that we wanted to build the brand. I think the idea of fame was kind of intimidating and scary to us. And also I think we felt there was a longer, just kind of a longer length um, if it wasn't so much about us content wise. So yes, it's definitely a conscious decision. Yeah. So I just always thought that was kind of interesting. So like when I, what was, what was fun about that is that, you know, when I met you two, there was as much curiosity about the people behind the account, right? Because before I met them, there was always just this correspondence, like whether it was like responding to each other's comments just on social, then there was the DM and there's always a fascination there. It's like the person behind the curtain, the odds of it all. And <laughs> do you, I'm, I'm assuming you get that reaction from a lot of people. It's actually so funny because we'll be at, you know, just an event or something and people will meet us and you can see on their face, they're trying to not show the facial reaction, but then they'll finally just say to us like, wow, this is not what I was expecting. Like before people knew we had a podcast, they're like, I thought you were just some guy in your mom's basement. Like why, what other reason would you have to be so anonymous? Like when we're, when we're seemingly normal girls, it's so funny. Early on, people were shocked by that. Yeah, you're like the Daft Punk of like the uh, Wizard of Oz, though, like kind of too, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but there's a there's a charm there, and obviously that's like I don't know if that was your goal when doing it, but there's been this kind of as you guys as the brand builds and develops, and there's a curiosity there, there becomes more interest in the people behind it, and then that's kind of an added hook or a fascination yeah. that people might have, like the Sia of it all. Yeah. See yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, like it was kind of an unintended byproduct, I guess. I think that's why, you know, for us, that's why we wanted to start the podcast because even though it's just audio, which I mean, I'm sure you agree, I find that to be a really intimate kind of form of communication. Um, but it was much for, more of a long form way for us to connect with our audience and kind of give more of a voice to just the content. So I think that's probably a part of why people may like the podcast. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more of an intimate look behind who's running the account. Yeah. And then still like the fascination of like, I guess, Linton, to your point, if people really want to know what you guys look at like, you're not, you haven't gone above and beyond to really try to be anonymous, but you just don't push it out there. And like people have yeah. to seek it out to figure out who you <laughs> are. Wait, it's like, that's our joke. We have like three rotating pictures that we use for interviews with magazines or with articles or anything like that. So it's kind of like, I'm sure people have seen roughly three to four photos and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So anywho, so after I, I did their podcast and um, Em and I kind of struck up this friendship, which really just started by, you know, occasionally uh, responding to posts and comments uh, once in a while I would comment on someone else's Instagram and, and, you know, I don't know if it was Emma or Julie, what's what, and here's, what's even more funny. And I don't even know if you know this, Emma, is that after, um, I'm, when I first DM'd you guys, I DM'd obviously, as you know, the comments by the celebs account. Right. And, and then I met you both. And then when I left, whatever correspondence I had was through your Instagram account account comments by celebs. <laughs> So I didn't really know if I was talking to you or Julie at first. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just talking to one of you two and either, either way, either one, I was like, fine. Like, you know, I met you both. So like there was a level of trust, I guess. But like, I really didn't know who was who. 
That's so funny. Yeah, people say that all the time, unless I'm communicating in voice notes, which, as you know, I do a lot of. Um, but the way that Julie and I kind of split up our roles is I handle all DMs. Like any sort of communication, whether it's email or DMs, that's usually me. So it is funny when people say that they're like, I don't know, I was kind of was just talking, whoever wanted to answer, answer. And I'm like, it was so, me, but that's okay. <laughs> totally. That's like, that's exactly how it was. And then, and, uh, yeah, so you guys would either use my comment or whatever. And then there were a couple times where I don't know what it was for, but we started corresponding through DMs via voice note, which you definitely started because it's kind of your thing. And <laughs> and then I was like, this is fun. I mean, I voice note with a few other people. It's always like, oh, I always forget voice note exists until someone does it. I'm like, you know what? This is this is like a fair way to communicate because I'm, I'm bad at texting. I can't spell for shit. Um, and, you know, like why why do I give people the opportunity to critique my texting ability when I can just like voice note it? But it's I'm always do only doing it if someone else does. Exactly. It's so one of those things where you're sometimes it kind of takes a little to be the first one to do it. And then once you do, you're like, why am I not always doing that? I Honestly, to anybody listening, if you're annoyed with texting, just try a voice note and you will see the person in response will really like it. It is such an efficient and intimate and like easy way to communicate. Yeah, it's really, it's, yeah, it's, it's great because you can just, the inflection that you have, the excitement or, or the disinterest or whatever feeling you are feeling is definitely resonated through like obviously the voice note, right? And it's yeah. a totally different type of conversation than like jumping on the phone because it's just like a statement or a fact or an opinion that someone can respond to immediately or in five minutes or like they can think about what you just said and like, let me, you know, let me give it some thought and marinate that on that and then respond. It totally changes the dynamic of the conversation, which is all kind of fascinating. Oh, completely. I actually think now that I'm thinking about it, because as you were talking, I was trying to remember how we actually started like becoming friends. And I think what it was is I think in the beginning you started to like, and I, I was really flattered by this, maybe utilize me in a little as like a creative consultant in a way. Like if there was a post you weren't sure about, or you wanted like a second opinion and you kind of would ask me. And I remember being like, okay, he doesn't know me that well yet. I got to do it in a voice note. Cause if you hear me texting it, it's going to come across not the way that I want it. Yeah. And that's like why this all started now that I'm thinking about it. You guys looking for something to do? Exercise that brain, have some fun while you're doing it. Best Fiends has got you covered. My airport lifeline traveling. Best so Fiends has saved me. When you fly to get sacks, you pregame. Yes. By playing Best Fiends. Yes, it calms your mind, calms gets you ready. That cleanses that body. It cleanses the body. <laughs> um, Best Fiends has a ton of cute and fun characters. They're constantly updating the game, so it's new characters, new new uh, puzzles, new levels, new levels. They've uh, got like over five thousand levels. Yeah, you can, can play with your friends offline. It's better than like so at nighttime when you can't sleep. Instead of like going through TikTok and Twitter and like all those stupid those little yeah, things, you, you can, you can use waste this twenty like, minutes yeah. on TikTok, literally getting dumber. Yeah. Or you can exercise your brain with fun puzzles, have fun with your friends, be competitive. Uh, you can uh, get fresh. You will feel better in those 20 minutes on your phone than you will on toxic social media. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's got millions of five-star reviews. It's on the Apple App Store or Google Play. It has, again, levels, events, uh, challenges added all the time so you can play 
all the time, never get bored of it. There's always one more level. Seriously, once you download Best Fiends, boredom won't stand a chance. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. We all have terrible habits. We, uh, we know this. You know, sometimes maybe those habits were hardwired into our brain when we were kids. I mean, Who knows? Hello. But we have a chance to form better and new habits, and Noom is helping us do that with our diet to help us meet our goals, our weight goals, whatever they are. Yeah. It could be, could be healthier weight, eating. could be gaining weight, could just be feeling healthy. Um, small steps make big progress. Shavings make a pile, people. You know this, right? <laughs> I use Noom every day and uh, do it for about 12 minutes because I like, I'm an overachiever. You're an overachiever, not just the 10. And uh, it, uh, it helps me uh, just uh, maintain the consistency. I've been able to cut some sugar out of my diet, which make I find to be very choices. healthy. And it helps with inflammation. And uh, thank you, Noom, for doing so. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do things when you do it and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. We all strap for time. We have very little time. Noom just asks you to commit 10 minutes a day for yourself and imagine what you can do. It's just 10 minutes, but such exponential improvements that you can make. Uh, everyone's different. Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you your psychology behind the decisions you make, then help you keep track of everything from workouts to steps to analyzing your diet and recommending healthy recipes. So you don't have to change it all in one day. So all mall steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash V-I-A-L-L. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash V-I-A-L-L to start your trial today. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash V-I-A-L-L. And that's when I really started to form this friendship with Emma because, it, you know, you know how sometimes you ask someone's opinion and they're just like, yeah, sure. Totally. <laughs> you know, and you're like, okay, well, I was hoping for a little bit more of an in-depth critique. You know, and if you like, as you know, my listeners might know, and, and Chrissy knows, if you ask my opinion, yep, I'll put things down. I'll be like, all right, lay it on me. Tell me what you think. Let me think about it. All right, here are my thoughts and I'll break it down. Right. And so Emma does that exactly like how I do that. And then when then we really quickly struck up a, like a rapport, because I was like, oh, this is someone who's like feedback I can really use because she really appreciates being asked some you know their advice and we'll really put in the time and effort and to me that's a very valuable thing i have a handful of people in my life who do that um (laughs) and so it's you know just it really kind of struck up this friendship specifically and only via voice note because both of you love to critique things kind (laughs) of yeah yeah no you're so right that's such a good way to put it it's like sometimes you ask someone's opinion and they'll give you back a one-liner. And I'm just, I'm genuinely not capable of that. Like I just, someone asked me a question. I really want to dive deep. And I said this to you before, but like, you know, we've had this conversation a lot of times before I really knew you. Like, I think there was this completely untrue perception that I had of like, eh, I don't know. What about him? Maybe he's a bit of a dick. I didn't know. Yep. Like that's what kind of what I thought. And then I saw this side of you when we first started talking and I was, you know, like I said, kind of maybe your creative consultant in a way. And it was a much more like vulnerable, incredibly self-aware side. And I was like, wait a second, this is what I had in my mind is completely untrue. And so I think it was actually crucial to developing the like relationship that we have. Yeah. I mean, literally just 
that conversation before we started. Crazy. <laughs> so crazy. It's just exhausting. It's I exhausting. exhaust myself. You exhaust yourself. <laughs> um, Misunderstood, Nick. Anywho. Anywho. Um, so, yeah. So, like, we just... And then that, that's kind of what made us think about doing this episode because there's always some topic that we'll generally have around things. And we're in this time of uh, a pandemic, 2020. And even before the pandemic, the way social media is, uh, there's a lot of downside to technology that we've, you know, are, we talk about. But people are like lonelier and lonelier, right? People talk about different forms of relationships. And here, Emma and I, and I over, and what's, so like, just to put it in context. So then we developed this like friendship, right? We we would be sending voice notes. Again, what started with me being like, hey, what do you think about this? And then there are a couple of times just be like, well, what do you think about this? And then it just kind of turned into like things going on in the world pop culture shit, like dumb shit, like things that were just like, hey, are you like paying attention to this in the news? And then one of us would be like, oh my God, yes. And then we would spend, you know. 30 minutes. 30 minutes or an hour, (laughs) but like breaks, right? And then we would just be like, on a voice note, I'm not 100% sure if I was walking down the streets of Manhattan where (laughs) Emma lives and you bumped into me and like, what's up? I would like immediately know who you were because like I, you know, like I had met them once. They're not like out there. I didn't, we didn't follow each other on like. Maybe indiv- from her voice, I would think. It's no, yeah, I, I would definitely, it would, what I'm saying, you know, it'd be like that six seconds where she'd be like, hey, what's up? And I'd look at her with this glazed look, be like, <laughs> what the f- do I know you? And then be like, oh my God, you know, but it, I would, it would, that's what would happen. And then <laughs> because like I, I was getting to know this person and getting closer with them. And it was kind of this fascinating social experience for myself and then like you know we follow each other on instagram and again it was always this like unique friendship right like and i want to stress too because like there's so many different types of friendships and relationships that people have right and i think now in a time where people are getting lonelier lonelier we have a way of kind of judging what types of relationships are or or things like and we have a we don't always embrace the type of friendships that come our way um and and for me, this was like a an intermittent friendship that would, you know, and sometimes we like, we wouldn't have any communication for like two weeks. And then there would be one of us would be like, hey, are you following this shit? Like, and, and then we would like kind of catch up. Emma has her life. I have my life. We're not like ride or dies, you know, like there's, there, she has her romantic relationships and, you know, I do my thing. And you know what I'm saying? Like, Totally. So like it, it's kind of this unique friendship that it's, but it's also something I've really grown to value. And I think it's like, I think there's a takeaway there for, for people who are, are trying to look for different ways to connect with people. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I so agree with everything you said. And I also think like during this time, I mean, we kind of, I think we're talking pre pandemic, but like during this time, you really have to start to reconceptualize what you view as like your friendships because seeing people as frequently as you wanted to just isn't going to happen. And so for me, I feel like just being open to that idea of like, maybe it's coming in a form that I didn't necessarily expect. However, is it adding value to my life? Like 
that's the way that I personally evaluate my relationships. Is this adding value to my life in some way? It doesn't have to be the deepest way in the world. Like, is this the person I'm going to go to if I break up with my boyfriend? No. But is this someone that I really have like very intellectually stimulating, fun conversations with and like sometimes, you know, can make my day? Yeah. And so to me, I think it's all about just like redefining what we view as like communication with friends, you know? Totally. Right. And it's a kind of a non-traditional way, but you're right in terms of, does it add value? Right. Is it a way to, I mean, there have been nights where I was just like bored and I had like nothing to do. And then there was a thought of like, you know who I haven't talked to via voice note in a while? Like I would never call (laughs) Emma ever. Like I would never call her. I would never FaceTime her. It'd just be fucking weird for me. I don't know if you would even answer, but I'd like, I'd voice note you and I'd be like, I'm going to have a great night because I'm going to talk to this person about like something that I'm interested in. And we tend to have a same, the same interest and it tends to be a very feel good experience in a very specific way. Again, that's like, it has a very specific niche for like, I think the both of us that's like completely outside of our normal day to day life, like our romantic relationships that we have or our friendships that we have. And it's just like another vehicle of friendships, which I feel like, I don't know. In a in a world where like don't dismiss that if you have a chance to have those types of friendships. Clean air, baby. Clean air. It couldn't be more important. Uh, we also want to smell good. We want to have our yes. house smell good. And uh, sometimes we need some things to help center ourselves. Focus on our breathing. We've talked a lot lately about yeah. focus on our breathing and essential oils can help you do that. So whether you're rolling it on, applying it right under your nose and your temple or diffusing it in a diffuser to have clean indoor air, have USDA Organic Essential Oils. Natural Habits specializes in blends, uh, blends that can help with headaches, relaxation, yes. uh, focus, uh, support your immune system. Uh, 30% off code Chrissy, K-R-I-S-S-Y. Yay, it's my favorite code. 30% off free shipping, NH Oils, plural, N-H-O-I-L-S.com, NH Oils, uh, put in code Chrissy. I made a new, I made a new mixture with the oils. <laughs> what are you I take the center now and I put it into or the rise and I put it into like a little water bottle for traveling. And so when I travel, I can spray it. Great. Around me. Yeah. Nice little air mist. It's good for car. It's good for the car too. Yep. So I have it in my purse. I could go get it out for you. Um, Be healthier. Be organic. USDA or essential oils. Natural habits. You're welcome. Now there is a, a, a caveat to this type of relationship that we're suggesting you might be open to have met this person in real life. Because <laughs> yeah. like, this is really potential of a catfish opportunity, which is so bizarre. I will say, you know, that's the scary thing about catfishing is like, again, here's this person and that I've struck a friendship with over like, A, not being sure entirely who was who at first, but like going along with it, but I had met them and et cetera, et cetera, as we just all explained. But like I had met Emma, like I knew she was a person. I knew she ran an account and like, just be careful <laughs> when, uh, when you meet someone on a dating app or online, this on your DM, like make sure like, you know, there you FaceTime them at least once <laughs> or like their camera's not broken because like that, I don't want to be advocating for like catfishing happening. No, that's like, I feel like the way we're talking, like Neve Shulman is listening in. He's going to do like a PSA on this episode of like, do not listen to a fucking word they said. Yeah, so totally. yes, that's a very important clarification. Definitely know who the person is. But I'm telling you, like I say this to people all the time and I tell you, we've gotten hundreds of DMs because I say it so much on the podcast of people being like, thank you for telling me about 
voice noting or like for making me use it because now I've developed such close relationships. I know it sounds like minor, but I'm telling you guys, try it. You're, and also, by the way, Nick, and this does not apply to us because like our friendship is very platonic, but sexually, I have had some of the most explosive communications sexually with people because what you can say in a voice note, you can't say in a sext. And like, it's a whole other world. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was literally just about to say this. Em and I are very in tune with our, our brains. We do that a lot. We we're in total agreement. But I was about to say that, yes, our relationship is exclusively and very platonic. But I was about to suggest to the people listening, like in an early dating situation, if you want to try something new, voice notes is a really great way to communicate. And it, and again, it's it's unique. It's different than texting. It's different than FaceTime. It's different than getting on the phone and, and calling. It's just like this slow burn and kind of an ASMR type of like yeah. thought can you process. Save them? Can you save voice notes? You can. Oh. They usually just go away unless you do save them. Uh, they're there until you listen to them, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it depends. Man, are you are you asking this because like you want to like say something really nasty and dirty, but you don't want it to be there forever in your voice? Well, maybe. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I might feel that way right now, but do I want somebody to play that for their friend at the bar later? Probably well, not. <laughs> I mean, do you have an answer to that? My thought is one: if you're voice noting with someone in an early dating situation, slow burn it. Like, let don't sext or voice note sext or talk dirty right off the bat. There, build some trust. True. And then when you do start doing that, like, just don't have them say, like build this like, hey, we're not, we're this is a safe zone, we're not saving these type of thing. And yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't I admit mean, to I've, a crime, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's a great question, and people, this is like a really important thing to know. In your settings, you can put on whether if you have an iPhone, if you want to always keep them. So like, if you notice anytime you send me something, it says kept, and for me that doesn't happen with you. And I say to you sometimes, if you say something, I'm like, I just want you to know I'm deleting this, so don't worry. That's just my natural setting. But yeah, oh my god, I, uh, you're right. Definitely proceed with caution. But I don't know. I've gotten some serious um, testimonials from people being like, that just changed my sex life. No, totally. And again, like it's a way to really slowly get to know someone, right? Because think about in an early dating situation, like sometimes there's this pressure of like, you know, when, when quarantine started, right? There was this like, oh, let's Zoom date. This is, I'm going to embrace quarantine. Like we're going to Zoom or we're going to FaceTime date. And then you get, uh, maybe your first conversation's a good 30, 45 minutes. Maybe it's an hour and a half. I don't fucking know. Maybe we're just, but then like the second or third time, you kind of run out of things to talk about. And in no, and no matter who you are, you kind of like wonder yourself like, Oh, I'm like, do we not vibe or whatever? And sometimes it's just like too much too soon. Right. Sometimes there's this pressure of having this conversation. The beauty of a voice note is that you can just be like driving and be like, Hey, I thought about this and I wanted to share it with you. What do you think? And then maybe they get back to you right away or maybe in 30 minutes. Right. But like it's, it's a long drawn out conversation and you can have like a really neat topical conversation that you could maybe get done if you had to in 20 minutes on the phone. But you do it yeah. over the course of a day in voice notes and it just kind of like drags it out in a kind of nice, slow burn way all while you get to know someone. Yes. The way, the best way that I can put it is it's like the best parts of your phone call put into this like very kind of 
uh, concise version that somebody can open on their own time. Like that's the best thing. The pressure of deciding when to talk on the phone or when to FaceTime someone is exhausting or can be exhausting. And the, the casual nature of this and like it being so pointed and so on your own time. Oh my God. Like, I feel like I, for, I just want so badly people listening to take this in because it just, it changes things. It's a game changer. No, it, it really is. And again, platonic or otherwise, it's just a unique way to communicate with someone that it really is something that shockingly hasn't been discovered. Um, one of the conversations that uh, lately uh, uh, M and I have just really talked at length about, um, and we thought we would break it down for you guys since it's topical to at least, well, a large group of people, is the call her daddy drama that's been going on <laughs> the past several months. And I only bring this up just because like, this is a perfect example of um, I'm certainly interested. I've certainly am followed. I, I, but it's like, for me, it's become this thing. I don't really ultimately care about, but it is a fascinating thing because not only do I know both the women, they are guests on my podcast. Uh, this is in an industry and it's in the podcast industry. There's so many things that I am interested in as well as Emma. And so like, it's for me like a TV show of something I don't really care. Like it's, it's water cooler talk. And yeah. Emma is that friend I have where we just like, we will break it down and a very objective way without like, there's no sides. There's no like, there's, you know, there's no like, um, I'm not a fan of the show that they have in the sense where like, or like a bachelor fan, like a lot of fans will pick sides, which is yeah. what's going on in that world. But it's just been this really fun thing that we both talk about. Oh, exactly. We're not personally invested. You know what I mean? There's no emotion behind the conversation. It's much more like, and I think that this is relatable to a lot of people. Like it's just a fascination because and, you know, when all this drama came out, we did a full breakdown, like an emergency breakdown on our podcast about it. <laughs> I think seriously, like I had a, you know, 17 page outline that I made of like every I transcribed things. It was intense. Um, She's very thorough. Yeah. Very. <laughs> she is but the. I, uh, is she a Virgo? Are you? Are you a Virgo? I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra. Oh, so am I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, she is the play by play. And I'm the color commentator because like she will definitely give me the let me break this down for you, which is kind of the role I feel like you and Julie play on your podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's something, you know, we because Julie a lot of times will do like Julie makes the actual outlines and then I'm the one that kind of breaks it down and then we get into a discussion. We're just better. We just work better like that. Um, but, you know, something about this story that I think. You don't, let's say you don't care about either of these people. You, don't, you weren't a listener of the show. At the very core of it, the thing that was so unique here that we do not see a lot, we see people fighting. Okay, we see drama. What we do not see a lot is the way that this, from a business perspective, has been broken down so transparently to us. You know, like you have Dave Portnoy, who is the head of a huge media company, getting on. This is back when the drama was happening in May, right? Getting on the Call Her Daddy feed doing an entire episode, breaking down the behind the scenes of a business deal. So you have a very legitimate, very lucrative business playing out like a reality show. That is not something we see that often. And that is why I think men, women alike, non-binary people, everybody is just so interested in this. Before all this drama started, I looked at the show and I, I people who talked about it, even the women, I asked a lot of questions. It's because you're just trying to learn, right? And I thought, I wondered, well, how much money do they make? You know, 
they don't, do they own their IP? What is their contract? Are they are they getting paid? As we always keep hearing from the women who keep talking about this compensation, is like fair market value and things like that. And I remember thinking to myself, I bet they're not getting uh, paid. I my my guess was uh, the show got too big so fast that they're probably on the short end of the stick as far as their deal was concerned. But that's part of the success that they had overnight, right? Oh, totally. I mean, nobody anticipated that it was going to get this big. You know, it was kind of a, you know, in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense because what they were talking about at the very, you know, at the very, very beginning, like, and again, you don't have to be a fan of the show. There was a shock value there. It was, it was these two, attractive women talking in really vulgar detail about sex and whether or not you liked the content or consumed it, you can at least understand why it was like addicting or entertaining or shocking. And so looking back, it actually makes so much sense why it was such a big success early on. Um, But yeah, they had no idea the infrastructure wasn't there for what was about to take off. It was kind of like Barstool taking a chance on this podcast, putting all of their advertising power behind it. Of course it was Alex and Sophia that made it happen. You know, that was them that were doing the magic, but the combination of everything was not, I don't think what any of them, anyone, Barstool, Alex, Sophia, anyone else expected. Totally. And so it was like to that end, when Dave was talking about like the contract, you might, you can think what you want, but when he was talking, I was, while thinking they're probably not getting paid what they deserve is a tricky word because I just, you know, in a ratio of terms of their download versus like people in the industry, might what they might be making, I assume they had kind of a shitty contract, but that's not necessarily their fault. And it certainly wasn't Barstool's fault, right? It was like, hey, we'll, we'll, it blew up so fast. And, you know, you hear what Dave would say and you're like, well, I don't like, why does he have to give money away? He doesn't have to type of thing. And so, you know, it was, it was such an interesting thing because Alex and and Dave were talking a lot more than Sophia was. And to Sophia's detriment, that's where you, you felt like a lot of the tide was shifting in terms of like team Alex and this, all this drama that was going on behind the scenes. Yes. That's exactly what was happening because back, you know, back in May when all of the drama was really going down, let me just, I'm not going to do a whole rundown because I think if you're listening to this, you kind of have an idea, but let me just give you like one minute kind of to bring you up to speed. This whole thing goes down in fucking flames. Okay. Dave Portnoy, the president of Barstool gets on the call her daddy feed before anyone else speaks and breaks down exactly what happens. Okay. He was really in a bad place with Alex and Sophia. However, he had worked out this deal with Alex. Okay. That happens. We then see Alex release a full YouTube video outlining play for play exactly what happened. And her story and Dave's story were exactly the same. She does, you know, she's been in media for a while. So she does this YouTube video well. She says, guys, from now on, I'm solo hosting the show. The only communication that we got from Sophia in this time was one Instagram story where you could tell she was terrified, understandably so. This girl's going through the emotional distress of basically the entire internet coming at her. And then what made it so additionally interesting was that Sophia's boyfriend and kind of the irony of this entire situation is like their entire podcast was based on like fuck men. You know what I mean? Men are trash. No way. And then Sophia's boyfriend was the one who, from the story we were initially given, caused the downfall of this. He got involved in a place that he maybe shouldn't have. 
And he was then the target. He was, you know, Barstool was putting out merch, fuck suit man. It was this whole entire hate campaign against Sophia and her boyfriend. And the whole, the irony of it was like, men aren't even supposed to ever fuck up friendships. That's what they had preached. So the internet went into a fucking tailspin over this entire situation. Yeah, no. Um, And that was just kind of the fascination of it all is this. And, and we've talked about this. What was, what was fascinating, I think, for you and I was wasn't so much the podcast itself, but again, it was the reality TV feel of it. Like what these women seemed to create wasn't a podcast, but it was a reality TV show in podcast format. You know, they talked about their lives so much, like so much of their content wasn't about like, yeah, they gave advice, but whether it was scripted as, as Sophia had suggested or it was authentic stories, it was... Yeah, it was a storytelling about like, I've done this shit. This was, is what happened. When this happens to you, well, this is the crazy ass shit we did. And it became like this show, right? It just became this show that you were just like, it, it, it was, it's like, it was a Kardashian thing, right? It was, and it was fascinating that way where like you just, every week you tuned in to like what's going on in Sophia and Alex's world these days. And that was what's, you know, to me, that was like their secret sauce. Oh, totally. Because that's what really elevated it. You know, it's one thing to hear two, let's say, faceless, nameless people talking about this stuff. But then the added bonus of like, wait, they're not only going to talk about it hypothetically. Now we're going to get the inside scoop of what's going on in their lives. And I think people became addicted to that. Like you said, it was a reality show in podcast form. Um, and there was that whole fascination. So then when their friendship kind of collapsed, people felt really territorial, which side or the other. And then like, this is, this happening is what made us, I think, do this segment of the episode because on October 9th, after Alex's first solo episode, just for context, aired on May 26th. Okay. October 9th. So that was months later. Sophia comes out with her first solo episode. She's a new podcast, Sophia with an F. Which we all kind of knew was coming, right? It was just a matter of like, when is Sophia going to show back up with a podcast? Exactly. I think we were all kind of waiting for it. She was gone for a while. So some people thought maybe not. And she names her first episode, Sloot, a short autobiography. Keep in mind, the description of her episode was basic, greedy, lazy, submissive, weak-minded. And that's just a little bit about me. So if you are somebody that's been following this, when all of the drama went down, that's what she changed her Instagram bio to. So when people saw that description on her episode, they were like, oh shit, what is she about to say? And I think, you know, we'll get into her episode in a second, but I think her coming back was what you and I, we just went into like, we have to talk about this. Yeah. Cause it was like, you know, from a strategy standpoint, it was like, what were, we were really curious of what, what did Sophia come up with in these past few months and what is she going to say? I wasn't so much interested in what she was going to say because like I wasn't invested as some of their fans were in terms of the drama, but I was invested in the, I guess the business aspect of it or just the podcast aspect of like what decisions were, how are they going to both respond to this drama that they willingly, willingly or unwillingly found themselves in? Are they going to use this to like, you know, market their own show? Or are they going to try to get away from it? Like it, that was all the fascination. I think I feel like both of us have, but certainly that I had. Oh, totally. I probably was a little additionally interested because I had been, I had listened to the show, I think more than you had, but yeah, completely. You know, we're also podcasters. Like we said, neither of our podcasts, thank God, you know, we're so grateful they do well, but they're not call her daddy level at all. So it was kind of like, 
you're interested on all angles on the podcast angle, you know, friendship wise, et cetera, for me. Um, so she drops this episode and you guys have to understand, like before it even went live, when it was just her kind of teaser, she already had 21,000 reviews, 21,000 ratings for a, for a 60 second, uh, episode, basically a, a trailer. Like my, yeah, episode, yeah that that's my, I still don't have 20,000 reviews. Right. Like that's unbelievable. That's why my point is like, you don't have to like them. You can absolutely hate the content. You have to at least appreciate the um, enthusiasm of their followers. Yes. Okay. She, she drops this episode and basically she says, you know, guys, I'm back. I'm back in my hometown of Salt Lake city, Utah. I'm recording this out of my mom's closet, which is relatable to me. Cause that's normally where I record my podcast from. Um, closet, she not Salt Lake of, city. No, no, no. My yeah. mom's closet. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And she, you know, gives a little bit of an update. She speaks about the toll that the entire situation took on her. And she then, and I think what everybody was the most curious about how she was going to handle it, did an entire section dedicated to Alex. And in it, she spoke directly to Alex. She read some of um, their text messages exchanges, you know, some that she texted Alex didn't respond to. She said, you know, how did you let an entire media conglomerate form this attack against me? She said, you know, basically that, Alex would, these are her words, that Alex would topple over anybody just to get her way. She then brings up Milf Hunter, who was a male perspective they had brought into the show early on. And in this first episode, Sophia claims that, you know, Alex had a huge falling out with him. We learned to find out that he actually worked at Barstool and has since had a falling out with Barstool as well. So now you have Sophia and this male perspective that was kind of a behind the scenes on the show on one side, Alex and Barstool on the other. Um, and Sophia continues to go about saying, my boyfriend had nothing to do with that. You know, how the fact that people thought that I would let him make decisions for me is total bullshit. Um, she says she's never going to speak of Alex or Barstool's name again. And she then kind of, in, in you may criticize the decision, but you can at least appreciate the honesty of when she says, to be honest with you guys, I have no idea what the show is going to be. And she kind of just rambles. And I don't mean that negatively. I'm saying like, she really didn't know. And I think that, you know, at the very least, you can respect her honesty and her transparency in the rest of her episode. Yeah, it was, it was all kind of interesting for me when I, you know, and Emma was like, she knew I was like, I might not listen to the whole thing, but she insisted that I do so we could talk about it. So I did. And I will say, like, I didn't know what to expect, but I was captivated by obviously the segment of Sophia talking about Alex and almost and, and more so because Again, for a period of time, it was only Alex and Dave talking about Sophia, and we didn't see anything from Sophia other than this Instagram story, which she, quite frankly, didn't say anything, right? And exactly. and it didn't help out Sophia, right? So here you have Alex and Dave being very articulate and very specific about the story. Their stories line up. And then Sophia comes out and doesn't really say anything, which it came across, quite frankly, as she has nothing to say because you know, Dave and Alex are right. But yet then she comes back and has a very, very specific and thought out approach. And she sets up very, very direct things about Alex, which, you know, it was more like, and then I thought to myself, well, this whole time, I guess I was, I don't want to say team Alex, but I appreciated Alex's point of view only because I was only hearing Alex's point of view. And then all of a sudden, Sophia had a new point of view. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many of the call her daddy fans did Sophia, you know, give a moment of pause to, right? 
when they finally right. heard Sophia, how many Call Her Daddy fans were like, oh, oh, well, maybe, I don't know, you know, because when it was going on, they were probably, you know, 50-50 in terms of like the, the, the fans loved them both equally is my guess. I don't know. And that was kind of well, fascinating. Like, how did people react to that? Her, her. T- no, totally. And and okay, so the thing here that's so interesting to me, and like, I personally, I find that just to be like a better podcaster, I try to look on Reddit and on Twitter just to see what everyone's saying. And like, a kind of consensus that a lot of people think is like the way that Alex laid it out. She was attacking. Uh, Sophia's business strategy. She was attacking the fact that she allowed her boyfriend supposedly to get in the way. And she was attacking the way that it went down from a business angle. Sophia on her podcast was directly attacking Alex's character. And so while, you know, on Sophia's podcast, she says, you allowed a character assassination against me. That's true. She, there was a whole hate campaign against Sophia. However, it was much more targeted at like the stupidity in her apparent decision-making when it comes to business versus Alex got on. I mean, Sophia got on and said, Alex is not a good person. She ruins any relationship. She'll step over anyone to get to the top. And I think what I was seeing on Twitter, because I'm kind of like a, just an innocent bystander watching this all go down, there were definitely some people that had a little bit of a shift. Some not. Some are going to be diehard Alex stands. But I think some people were like, wait a second. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it was clear that, you know, you even look at some of the reviews. It was like a lot of five-star reviews and a lot of one-star reviews. And the one-star reviews, you know that, like you talked about, the people who gave one star reviews before they heard the episode were people who were like, I'm going to do this for Alex. Like it was an unobjective, like, you know, look at all like the, the, the wars between uh, the Selena Gomez fans, the Taylor Swift fans, you know, like it's, it's just, uh, they're just supporting their girl, you know, whoever their person is. And so, and again, you can say what you want, but there is the, the enthusiasm there is, that's the currency, the, the excitement. All you all you want people to give a shit. Like, you know, I want people to care about my show. You know, you don't even have to agree with me. I just want them to care. And what what these two women have for these respective shows is people who just give so much shit about it. <laughs> and that's fascinating. And like, and here we are, Em and I are, you know, on our voice notes, just be like, I don't totally get it, but I'm impressed. It's just wild, you know? Exactly. Oh my God. I mean, for those of you that are on TikTok, I don't know if your feeds look like what mine was. I was trying to tell Nick and I'm not on TikTok as much, but yeah, yeah, you weren't as, but for me, it's like, you know, you're on this massive platform and every single video after video is just people discussing it and taking sides and kind of that general thing of like, I don't even know where I land, but I care. And, you know, it's funny because it's not funny actually, but what I was wondering when all this was going down with Sophia like when she was silent and people were just coming at her, I wondered, is she going to come back or did this kind of scare her from the experience of podcasting or being in the limelight in general? Because she really saw firsthand how quickly people switch up. You know what I mean? They were diehard fans of the show. And then all of a sudden this happens and so quickly they are diehard Alex stands and hating her. And like, to me, you know, I was just terrified for her mental health. Like whether or not I think she what she did was right business wise. Like that's a terrifying spot to be in. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know if she, if that was going to scare her off from even coming back. And like, I don't know if you felt this way, but in her episode, I think you could tell in her voice, she's not a hundred percent comfortable with that hate. Understandably. So who would be, but like, I think she's still taking time to get used to it. Oh, totally. I mean, what she went through and I can only imagine I had no conversations with her, but like someone who's been on reality TV and, and have an audience, 
almost trained to pick sides and then whatever and if you're on the opposing side like people will come after you and it's hard well yeah i mean there's so much there and like the first thing that i want to say because i think it's important is like the reason that these attacks i would imagine felt so much more personal was because this is not somebody that's like casually talking about you know, some fluffy subject for 30 minutes. She is telling the innermost details about her sex life. She is telling the audience literally the most vulnerable, vulgar details about what goes on when she is having intercourse. So then for those same people who now really got to pull back the curtain on her and got in so deep to turn on her, I think was scary. Like whether or not you agree, you know what I mean? I'm not, I didn't really take a side. Um, And then just the other thing that I want to say, because I want to talk a little bit more about her, this most recent episode and kind of just like the strategy behind it. But I think this is an important general note of like, I talk about this with my therapist a lot. We as humans are not built to withstand that type of, um, that type of attack. Like, yes, we can handle it. You know, most people, not everyone, of course, but if you, if you are, you know, mental health is in a good place and you have people that you can talk to it's, you may be okay. However, we're not meant to withstand that. We as human being, the number one thing we want to feel is safe. We want to feel safe and we want to feel comfortable. So when your safety is ripped from you, one, that's really scary. And second of all, the biggest misconception that I really have learned to understand with like, and again, not me, because I'm not famous. I try everything to not be, but like just with generally getting criticism or getting trolls, I think people always say, toughen up, whatever, fuck the haters, don't focus. And that's the goal. People are striving for that. That's not true because the same the same part of you that gets offended by hurtful things is the same part of you that has that capacity to love. Like your empathy comes from the same place that your sensitivity comes from. So the goal isn't to become this hardened person that isn't affected by people's words. It's to understand like, okay, that was hurtful. However, it doesn't define me. But I just think that the way that the way that um I don't know, the way that consumers have viewed strength is completely flawed. Strength is not not caring. Strength is like being able to, I think, understand that it doesn't, it isn't a reflection of you, but it's still hurtful, you know? I totally agree. I also just want to point out, I really love how you had a very thoughtful and inspirational uh, monologue all while recapping Call Her Daddy. The <laughs> irony there, I think, is quite poetic. Uh, but I totally agree. I think that's that. That's that's the human side of, of the, all this drama. But getting into what you said about like this new episode with Sophia. So she has so she her second episode. She was like, oh, I want to have this milf hunter guy on which all like what a great move strategically because everyone was going to be like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care if I hate Sophia. I'm going to listen. Right. That's the beauty of like you just want people to care. And it was a perfect cast because everyone was going to care. Right. And so then it was like, what are they going to talk about? And people had very like three specific reactions about the potential of uh, him being on there. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it, it would, what, I think it was a little bit confusing because in her previous episode, she said, I will never mention Alex or Barstool again. So then when she brings Milk Hunter, who we know had a huge falling out with Barstool and Alex, everybody's expecting, is this going to be a huge attack, which is going to be incredibly hypocritical to what she said? Are they going to completely steer away from it? Is he going to be the co-host? You know, there was a lot of kind of, I think, curiosity. And then when it when he comes on, really for the most part, it wasn't about that. They gave us what maybe a minute or two. Yeah, no, I mean it was a very specific. It with listening to the episode, it seemed like it was smart. You know, I've done stuff like that. I'm going to have this person on because I know it's going to create a buzz. 
but we're not, we're going to talk about something. Maybe they're not what they're expecting, but I'm going to get them in and hope that what we talk about is, is, is great. It's captivating, not what they expected, but it brings them in. And then we, we get them to stay by talking what we want to talk about. And that's clearly what they had planned, trying to stick to their word um, about like not bashing Alex and Barstool anymore. And then just getting into what it seems like both of them plan on talking about in future episodes. I guess my biggest question, having heard this whole drama and the questions I had about the Call Her Daddy show in general is, again, having this idea that what it really is is a reality TV show in podcast format. And, and again, my audience can relate because I always get asked that question. Is the Bachelor real? How much is real? Is it staged? Is it scripted? Blah, 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 blah. And I guess I have those same questions about the Call Her Daddy podcast now more than ever after listening to Sophia's first episode where she said things like scripts and Alex had scripts and 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 that's fine I don't care if she does but it's like and that's what people wondered because as you told me Emma these were episodes where these women would talk about like well if you cheat on your boyfriend and you get an STD they had what let's be honest a very not great way of trying to get away with it which was basically trick your boyfriend into like a threesome and then give him this STD that you got and then blame it on the girl that you invited into the bedroom. Like that's kind of a fucked up thing. Kind Not of? even kind of, it's totally it's fucked kind of up. Like I don't thing. think we're going to be like upsetting any call her daddy fans, but there is shock value there. And my question is, is, is that real or they just come up with this crazy ass story and pretend that they did this right. Adding to this kind of craziness that is their life. And Sophia suggested that some of it was scripted. And Sophia, like, it seems like Sophia's goal of her new show is to, you know what? I used to do this, but now I want to focus on women empowerment. I want to, like, use this platform to try to better myself and better my audience, which, hey, I think is great. But she kind of stopped short of fully embracing that because, well, I get that she doesn't want to talk shit anymore. I would like, if, if it's true, if what she said wasn't totally authentic in the past without talking shit about Barstool or Alex. I would love to hear Sophia say, you know what? Some of this shit I said wasn't true. In fact, it was kind of fucked up. Don't fucking do this. My young audience, my impressionable, like 18, 19 and 20 year old listeners. Like that's fucked up. In fact, it might be even illegal. It's fucking terrible. And someone who wants to own up the shit that I did, like, don't fucking do that. And she hasn't done that. And I thought that would have been really interesting for her to say. But right. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. All really, really interesting points. And to your first one about what, like, the curiosity of whether it was scripted or not, you know, that's something that early on in the days before any of the drama happened, everybody asked this because it was so shocking you didn't know. And they never, like... They said, this is really what happened. And I think that that's true. I think probably what happened was a lot of this stuff did take place, but then it was amplified. Like, how do we make this sound funnier? How do we make it sound even crazier? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of where the scripted element came in. I don't think they took it out from thin air, um, but I think they understood that the toxicity was working. Like, they were open about saying that. Those aren't my words, you know? Toxic advice that was shocking and was, and was you know, comical, I think people liked. Um but I think what happened with Sophia, honestly, is like she came out so firm in her first episode saying, when you say these words, I will never utter Alex or Barstool's names again, ever. When you say that statement, you can't really go back on it. So while I respect the move, because I definitely think that that's like the respectful thing to do, I think if I'm talking from like an audience 
engagement perspective, maybe if she said that the third time and maybe the second episode with Milf Hunter said a little bit more of how she actually felt, maybe people would have been more interested in that. I don't know. Like yeah. I'm just hypothesizing here. I don't I'm know just either. But uh, well, too. couldn't she have done it with just saying what she did? Hey, listen. And like, I've said this in the past, clearly referencing what she said in that show without uttering the name of the even even the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've said this story before. If you've maybe heard it, this is where, and, and people will know it's come from, came from that. But I think that would have been powerful because also it would have been a very clever way of kind of without naming names and talking about it directly, suggesting that in, in more further detail of I don't really stand by that. And, you know, and it, again, for those of the people, because like, the, let's be honest, Call Her Daddy is a very successful, it has a huge audience. And if Sophia captures just a fraction of it, it that's just a win for her, right? For all the people who maybe have been fatigued by like, in she made a joke about like, how many different ways can you learn how to suck dick, right? right. Like, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, um, and, and so that would have been really interesting for her to like own up to it, if it is true. I don't know if it's not, I, I still, I'm still don't know. I still don't have the answer, right? Say what you want, but like, I'm fascinated to see what's next for, for both of these women. Only f like, what do they do with this? How do they decide? Like the, the, the guy who's strategic in me, like wants to see what choices they make and how it plays out. Like they had these characters like Milf Hunter on Call Her Daddy. That's what worked for them. It was the fact that he was Milf Hunter. He wasn't Kevin. He wore a mask, right? And he played this role. And that, that was a thing. Will Alex bring in and introduce new characters into her world? Or will she be able to transition away from it? I don't know. These are all questions like as a like an outsider, I want answered and I'm not ashamed to admit it. No. And, and neither am I. I literally I said that if you know, I don't care if it uh seems superficial or unintelligent. Sometimes you just need an escape and this has definitely served as as an escape. And I agree with you. I genuinely want them both to succeed and like I'm just curious, both from a business perspective, a podcast perspective, and I'm invested a little bit in their friendship just because I think maybe as a woman of a fellow age who's never gone through something like that with a friend, I'm a little bit interested. Um, but yeah, I have a million questions and I'm sure a lot of people listening do too. So like, if you're one of those people, don't shame yourself for caring because sometimes we're in a fucked up world right now. Sometimes you just need a little bit of an escape and a little bit of something that's going to take your um, focus away. And I think that that's okay. Yeah, Totally. And that's, it's been my, uh, and that's what's so weird for me is like, I'll admit, like, I don't listen to every Call Her Daddy episode. I've only listened to a handful per the request of Emma to like, make sure we're like, know what we're talking about. But the, <laughs> the, like, the after show of it all is something that I've been very invested in. And, uh, yeah. I guess props to them both for, for creating this world, but it, it's definitely been my mental escape via the use of voice notes, which just to sum this episode up. Em and I both highly recommend that you uh, utilize it in your relationships. If you have a current relationship, a friendship, a dating situation, it, it, you know, find the beauty of, of the voice note and how it, uh, it changes the way you communicate. And, and quite frankly, like as you mentioned earlier, takes away a lot of anxiety of communication. Like it gives you time to really think about it and then make sure that what you're trying to say is actually heard. Exactly. Beautifully you know? said. 
Well, uh, Emma, let uh, people know where they can find uh, you or Commons by Celebs. Uh, very funny. Uh, I highly recommend. They have a Commons by Bachelor uh, account, which um, is also pretty funny, which I think is hysterical because often Emma will reach out to me like, is this relevant? Should I post this? I'm not entirely sure. I'm like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I actually act. This is actually a good place to say it. We're actually looking for a temporary position for someone to run the Commons by Bachelor account. So, oh, well, this is the place to promote that. Yeah. So you can email bachelor at commonsbycelebs.com. I, I jokingly said it on Caitlin Bristow's podcast and we got a lot of interest. So now we're actually seriously considering it. Um, but yeah, so our main account is Comments by Celebs. It's exactly what it sounds like. We just post the funniest, best, most interesting or relevant celebrity comments. We have comments by Bravo, comments by athletes, etc. We started a new account with Overheard LA called Overheard Celebs, where we basically post like very I don't know, lighthearted interactions that people have had with celebrities. And then do you out the celebrities that. Yeah, it's not because nothing it's like our, our slogan is an anti gossip journal. So nothing is bad. You know what I mean? It's all just like funny exchanges. And then, yeah, we have our podcast It's three times a week. Mondays, we do a full pop culture breakdown, whether you know everything, you know, nothing. We kind of inform you, then discuss. We do a Bravo show, Isabel and I, once a week, all things Bravo. And then Julie and I do a Kardashian recap. On Thursday nights, it drops right after Keeping Up airs. We recap scene by scene. If you are somebody that cares about the Kardashians, I'm telling you, you will want to listen to this podcast. We analyze those inner dynamics. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? Because then they announce like yeah, they're, they're done. done. What, what's next after the Kardashians? I mean, I'm assuming they'll still yeah. be relevant. Yeah. And I guess, will you break down their lives outside of the TV show? Yes, because we do that on the main podcast, but on the bonus show, um, when they were in hiatus, we went back to season one. So we have 16 other seasons to recap scene by scene after this one ends. Well, well God bless the work that Kardashians yeah. put yeah. in so you could <laughs> podcast exactly. for it. Uh, well, uh, Emma, thanks so much for coming in. I just want to say uh, I value your friendship uh, that we have, uh, and uh, it's kind of it, it's been good for my mental health. And I hope for the people listening, you can find unique um, uh, friendships uh, that have nothing to do with your romantic lives or your friendships that are maybe just an escape from your everyday world. And I think it can be really good for you uh, and your mental health as well, especially if you use voice notes. Totally agree. And I value yours as well. And thank you for having me. Uh, all right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to send in your questions at asknick at castme.com, cast with a K. Don't forget to uh, vote. This is the last week of voting for People's Choice Awards. We probably won't win, but I really want to. Um, But we might. Be optimistic. You never know. It's all on you, people listening. That's all I got to say. I won't. It's fine. (laughs) fine. Uh, Until next time, thanks for listening. We will see you on Monday. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.